Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fangs and Folklore with your host, Matthew Miller. We give you pint-sized, bite-sized pieces of supernatural monster lore, exploring their origins, their history, and their meaning to the human condition. Listen, if you dare. enter the room with the priest you agreed to assist. The room's ice cold even though it's hot outside. There's a girl strapped to the bed and she looks violently ill. She's pale, drenched in sweat, there's sores on her face. She's so thin and gaunt that she seems to be near starvation. Your first instinct is to run and call 911 for medical help. You turn toward the door, but you stop in your tracks as the girl in a deep, growling voice, tells a secret about you that only you would know. You turn back around, and the priest begins the exorcism. I'm your host, Matthew Miller, expert on all things monster and paranormal. I'm a horror writer from the dark and haunted swamps of Louisiana, and it's my pleasure to welcome you into my terrifying world. Please check out my books on Amazon, beginning with Blood Feud, a punk rock vampire story, which is volume one of the Gravediggers series. The Gravediggers are a punk rock band who keep crossing paths with all sorts of dark, evil, nasty creatures. It's horror, it's comedy, and one super entertaining series. It's a six-part series. One through three are already out. Volume four is coming out any day now, so be sure to read one through three so you'll be up to date. If you saw the 2005 film The Exorcism of Emily Rose, then you might be aware that it was based on a real exorcism and a trial. Annalisa Mikkel is the name of the German girl that the film was based on. I'll uh, briefly describe her and her background, then we'll delve into the case itself. Annalisa was born on September 21st, 1952. She died on July 1st, 1976, at a tender 23 years of age. She was born in the town of Liebelfing in Bavaria, Germany. (laughs) She grew up in a fairly strict and very religious Catholic family. Keep that in mind. It seems that her faith was true. She was really religious, too. She wasn't just, you know, a a child who was forced to go to Mass, but she believed strongly, too. Then when she was 16 years old, she had a seizure, and doctors diagnosed her with temporal lobe epilepsy, which is the most common form of epilepsy, so keep that in mind also. So in 1973, she started at the University of Würzburg. It was there that she had more seizures, She also began to suffer clinical depression in addition to the seizures. Here's where the the weird stuff begins. When she would pray, she would hear voices telling her that she was damned and that she would rot in hell. She got some temporary treatment in a mental hospital, but apparently it didn't help much. She was eventually put on psychiatric medication, antidepressants, antipsychotics. She didn't like the way they made her feel, as many patients don't, you know, they like the side effects, but she kept taking them. After a few years on the medication, though, she began to show an aversion to Christianity. She refused to walk into holy places, couldn't tolerate, couldn't stand being around crucifixes, you know, crosses. 
She went on a Christian pilgrimage to Italy. Apparently, the family had a friend who organized these, you know, these trips for Christians to go to holy sites. And on that trip, one of her fellow pilgrims noticed that she refused to walk past a crucifix and refused to drink water from a supposedly holy spring. Now, Father Alt, who is the priest who performed her exorcism uh, later, said this about her experience on the pilgrimage. This is, of course, translated from the German. It says, Anneliese told me, and Frau Hein confirmed this, that she was unable to enter the shrine. She approached it with the greatest hesitation, then said that the soil burned like fire, and she simply could not stand it. She then walked around the shrine in a wide arc and tried to approach it from the back. She looked at the people who were kneeling in the area surrounding the little garden, and it seemed to her that while praying, they were gnashing their teeth. She got as far as the edge of the little garden, and then she had to turn back. Coming from the front again, she had to avert her glance from the picture of Christ, which was in the chapel of the house. She made it several times through the garden, but could not get past it. She also noticed that she could no longer look at medals or pictures of saints. They sparkled so immensely that she could not stand it. End quote. So that's disturbing <laughs> already. <clears throat> After that incident, Annalisa and her family, uh, you know, they started believing that she was possessed by a demon. So they requested an exorcism, but the church refused at first. If you're not uh, familiar with this, it's actually very difficult to get the Catholic Church to agree to an exorcism. They first have to take all sorts of precautions to make sure it's not just a medical problem, psychiatric problem. They have to make sure there's no natural explanation and so forth. So it's a long process. In her case, the church said, well, she just has psychiatric problems and epilepsy. And at that point, maybe they were right. <laughs> good, good choice. Now, this was in the era of uh, The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty, the book, and then later the movie were coming out. And people around the world were kind of obsessed with demons and possessions and exorcism culturally. So just keep that in mind also. Annalisa was put on a stronger antipsychotic medication, but it didn't seem to do anything. She got worse. She began looking sick. She became aggressive and violent. She would self-harm, you know, cut herself and so forth. And then she drank her own pee. She ate insects, which reminds me of the character Renfield in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Renfield was a man in a psychiatric hospital who was uh, the man Dracula chose to be his servant. And, and Renfield knew Dracula was coming, but he would, he would eat insects. And then he got bigger and bigger. Finally, he started eating spiders. And anyway... Rats is pretty gross. <laughs> then she began, Annalisa began regularly growling, seeing demons, and throwing things at people, getting kind of violent. <clears throat> the aforementioned Father Ernst Alt visited Annalisa and stated that she didn't seem epileptic in his opinion. Now he's not a doctor, is he? He's a priest. He said he never witnessed her having a seizure, and after seeing her strange behavior, he appealed to Bishop Josef Stangl who eventually relented and said, okay, I'll approve the exorcism. On September 21st, 1975, Father Alt began the exorcism. And over 10 months, 10 months, he conducted 67 exorcism sessions. That's once or twice a week. Each session lasted from one to four hours. Imagine, you know, possessed or not, imagine this, the physical and psychological toll that would take on anyone. Annalisa, when she was lucid, began to talk about dying, quote, dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church, end quote. She had this kind of messianic complex, apparently. Because Father Alt later tried to keep the exorcism secret, we may never know all you know, that occurred, everything that occurred, but 
Annalisa acted in all the typical ways that the Catholic Church says are proofs of possession. She spoke in a different voice, kind of a deep growling voice. She spoke in Latin, Greek, and other European languages, but it later came out that she had studied Latin in school. <laughs> she spoke of supposed unknown events and other sign of possessions, but she was very well educated. She knew Roman history, European history very well, and was very uh, extensively familiar with the Catholic Church, religious places, or re religious events. So, you know, it's, there's no evidence that she spoke of something that she could not possibly have known. Now, she did claim to see demons constantly, to hear voices, to hear weird, unexplained sounds. It's also claimed that she possessed supernatural strength, even when she was in poor physical health. She was able to break free of her bindings, binding her to the bed. She was able to assault people in the room. There is one story that both priests could not hold her down together. Uh, you know, it's two strong grown-up men. She claimed to be possessed by multiple demons. She named... The names of the demons were Lucifer, Cain, Judas Iscariot, Belial, Legion, Hitler, and Nero. Okay, uh, you know, a German girl, if she's really possessed, those are some demonic names. If she's not, it seems like those were names that she would come up with in her own mind, being German. What do you think? Was she really possessed by a demon? Or as many believed, was she just a girl suffering from severe depression and psychosis and epilepsy? Before you decide, let me play some of the actual audio from her actual exorcism. Uh, a brief warning is kind of disturbing. If you have, you know, children in the area or even pets, you might want to listen in the other room. Uh, there's actually over an hour and a half of these recordings. They recorded, you know, a lot of the exorcisms. Obviously, I can only play a short excerpt, but here it is. Listen to this for a few seconds. Well, what do you think? I guess it depends on a person's worldview. The purely empirical mind will explain her ordeal as mental illness, physical illness, you know, some gullible priest and religious people who saw, you know, demons and everything. The more supernatural view will allow that this could have been a genuine demonic possession. Whichever view you take, here's the very sad ending of all of this. At just 23 years of age, this girl, who was by all accounts a good person, kind, enjoyed helping others, very intelligent, very educated, you know, did well in school, had her entire future ahead of her, she died at just 23 years of age. The official cause of death was malnutrition and dehydration. You see, during the exorcisms, toward the end, she had started to refuse food and drink offered to her. And apparently the priests didn't know that it was that serious, uh, that she was on death's door. But, you know, when she died, she only weighed 66 pounds. And obviously I can't show you photos on a podcast, but if you Google her name, Annalisa Michel, uh, exorcism, uh, look on Google Images, you can see a picture of her before 
all this began. She was a you know pretty healthy young lady, smile you know just like your typical college student, full of life, full of hope. And then the the picture taken you know not too long before she died, she looks like a God. She's starving, gaunt, sores on her face. This looks hideous. She's obviously malnourished, you know, not not eating enough, starving, thirsting. It's just really terrible. So. After she dies, the state prosecutor, and I guess in Bavaria, that's the Bavarian state prosecutor, built a case against Annalisa's parents, both of them, against Father Alt and against another priest who had helped out Father Alt, apparently, whose name was Father Arnold Renz. All four defendants went to trial, and uh, the movie, uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, goes over that trial. Uh, most of the movie's the trial, actually, and it's very interesting. It's kind of kind of like a faith versus science kind of trial, you know, or, you know, faith versus medicine, religion versus science. Well, all defendants, all four defendants went to trial. They were all found guilty of negligent homicide, but they received suspended jail sentences. So they never spent a day in jail for this. Natural or supernatural, poor Annalisa Michelle or Mikel suffered greatly. What do you think? Was she really tormented by demons? Or was she mistreated by four people whose, whose strong but maybe misplaced religious faith left them blind to medical science or left them blind to what she really needed? Sadly, she could have received medical help, at least with the physical part, and could have lived, but she didn't. Now, the psychiatric help, I, my thoughts on this, boy, you know, obviously I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I didn't believe in the supernatural. I do see some issues here where... She, the poor girl, should have received much more medical help, but she did receive extensive psychiatric treatment, and it didn't seem to help at all. And, you know, antidepressant medication, antipsychotics, they're very effective, and that was still, uh, you know, the 1970s. Okay, the psyche, psychiatry as a field was not as developed uh, as it is today, but there were still some very good, you know, effective medications, but they didn't work at all. Was she just a girl obsessed with religion who was coaxed kind of into into acting, but you know, acting out as if she were possessed because it was her entire worldview, her entire upbringing. We'll just never know. All we will know is that this poor girl, this poor victim, died at the hands of some truly negligent people, whether she was possessed or not. So there you have it: the exorcism of Annalisa Michel. Tonight, if you hear voices whispering to you about rotting in hell, well. Either get a psychiatrist or a priest, your choice. Thanks for listening, and sleep well, if you can. <laughs>